what what audio software are you guys using? So we sort of use a combo of different things. Um, so I come from a little bit of like a musical background, so I've had some experienced in different DAWs. So I do use Logic, and then I use this other program called Reason, which is just another DAW. Um, and I use them for different things. I do a lot just in Premiere in the editing software. I think there is a, it's pretty powerful, and there's a lot that you can do to clean up audio, to put you know compressors on audio, to have like you know your dynamic levels sort of evened. Um, but then there's some sort of cleaning and compression things that are really difficult to pull off in Premiere. So that's when I'll sort of export things out to different softwares and um, sort of go from there. I also use Audition a lot too, to mm -hmm. uh, clean things up. But I think um, something that's really useful if you have a DAW is that you can actually use that to sort of extend and manipulate some of the songs that you're using as well. So that's usually what I'll use Reason and Logic for is to take you know, your music bed song, um, maybe it starts sort of abruptly or ends abruptly, or you need sort of like a, a lull in it um, to lay some dialogue over or something like that and sort of use like reverb tails or even figure out the chord progressions and create little like interludes for the song. So that's where I think having a, an external DAW can be really powerful because it can give you sort of a musical aspect for your edits, um, less of sort of a, a fixing or doctoring your audio, but more of um, creating more from your your licensed songs uh, for your edits, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I uh, so I'm a DaVinci snob, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, if you have like the subscription to Premiere, you have Adobe Audition with that, right? Like that all comes yeah. together with the bundle. Yeah, so then there's no, for people, because I know Premiere is like widely used, um, yeah. So then for people that are using Premiere, they probably have access to Audition. They might not even realize it, but, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've been, a lot of, no, go yeah, ahead. I use, there's a, like, um, there's this company called Isotope that makes a, yep. a lot of really that's great plugins that I'll use right in Premiere. So that's really nice to just have some quick, um, you know, nice visual EQs. They make a really cool, it's like an AI generated, um, sort of audio cleaning software where mm -hmm. you can run it through the AI and it will make its adjustments. It kind of works like a warp stabilizer or something where it, it works great when it works great and then it doesn't work great when it doesn't. But uh, yeah, but Audition is great too to just sort of bounce stuff out and you can do a lot of sidechain compression where you're, you know, ducking the your song underneath audio. So every time someone's speaking, you know, the, the song behind it's going to, compress and get quieter so that's a great way to sort of have really even audio which i don't believe you can really do in premiere um so yeah it's really sort of a tool like a situation thing where you just want to have the right tool for whatever it is you're you need to accomplish for the edit yeah we use we use rx8 so isotope and yeah. um uh, nectar elements i think is what you're talking about where you, you just yeah, you feed exactly. it in and it, it spits out. You just tell it that you want like heavy dialogue, medium dialogue. And, um, yeah, exactly. But I use the repair assistant, which is kind of yeah. like Nectar, but it's just light. You know, it looks for like, uh, DSer and stuff like that, but which is really handy. Uh, but 
I love the fact that in DaVinci, I can put the audio file in, go to Fairlight, and then just instantly export it out to RX. It'll open the file in RX8. I can do all of the editing in RX8 and then click save, and then it updates the file in DaVinci. Like it's all, it's all in real time as you're going back and forth between the two. So that's really, so, uh, just like what you were saying, I used to use the, you know, when you like buy like Nectar or Isotope Elements or something like that, those plugins pop into like Premiere, Final Cut, DaVinci, Mm -hmm. uh, which are awesome. But with Fairlight and DaVinci, you can just export it to the entire DAW and just go to town on what you're doing and just click save and it saves it right inside of like your project. Yeah, like you I, don't even notice a difference. It's great. Very cool. Have you worked in DaVinci for a long time or did you switch? Yeah, it's been a couple of years now. I've um I I was doing the round trip from Final Cut to DaVinci. So I'd edit everything in mm-hmm. Final Cut and then go through that abysmal process of trying to get it into DaVinci to color grade it and then bring it back. And then one day I was like, just like, what? One layer, you know. yeah. yeah. And then you got to cut out all the audio and it's just, oh, it's a train wreck. Like, it's just, it's a, it's not worth it. <clears throat> but um, then I was just like, why don't I just edit in DaVinci? And yeah. once I, once I've I got. A lot of people switching over and, and really enjoying using it. Um, just as an editing software itself. Do you enjoy oh, I love it? it. Uh, oh, yeah. Final Cut? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I um, I just did a video on my YouTube channel of like doing multicam edits in DaVinci and Final Cut. Like everything works now. Like I'll, I will admit, I think in DaVinci Resolve 16, if you were doing a multicam edit, it would only bring in one audio file. So like, you know, in, in Final Cut, you can have like, several audio files, several video files, and then you can just click between them. You can blade, blade, just audio mm-hmm. or blade, you know, just video, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, da Vinci, you couldn't do that, but now you can. You. So you can. like that, that's all. Yeah. Now, now you can do that. And, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I think, uh, premiere is, I love premiere, but they certainly, uh, there's a lot of bugs. Like they update a lot and they, there's definitely some, issues with crashing and things. So I've heard DaVinci's pretty solid in that sense where it doesn't, uh, you don't get a lot of errors or crashes or anything like that. Now, the only time I've had issues with it was DaVinci Resolve 16 when I would be working in um, like a dual workspace. So I, I have a 27 inch 4K monitor that's like my editing monitor. And then I have my 2019 MacBook Pro's screen. So I'd have everything kind of broken apart between the two. And yep. for some reason, like going to like Fairlight, which is the audio portion of it. So the way DaVinci's laid out, it's very like, it just kind of makes sense. Like you start with your media tab and then you go to the next tab over, which is your cut page. So you can like speed edit. And then you go to your edit page to do like your fine tuning. And then you go to color, then Fairlight for audio. And then you deliver and I'm skipping fusion because I fusion is like Adobe, uh, after effects. And I don't know the first yeah. thing about fusion. Yeah, I don't, there's, I've tried to do a couple of like fusion titles and that kind of stuff. And I gave up, I was like, I don't need to do that for weddings. It's not, not really my cup yeah. of tea. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had it crash a, like literally a couple of times in the last couple of years. Like it's, it's very like reliable. 
And, yeah. um, but I, I just personally enjoy it. I mean, you can get Adobe, the free version and it'll do 90% of everything I was just talking about. Like, I don't think it comes with certain things like film grain. Uh, it's, you know, there's certain pieces of it that you don't get, but if you're not using any of that, that's kind of moot. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just certain, if you're, if you're, especially if you're just starting out doing weddings and that can, you just get the free version of resolve. You'll be just fine for your first couple of years. Like you wouldn't yeah. need to. And the, the, uh, studio I think is two ninety five, and that's it. Yeah. And then it's yeah. just, yeah. Like, a, you know, like I went from 16 to 17 for free. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like updating anything else. Very so. Yeah. Not to mention if you cool did, company, they seem very more user friendly than Adobe. I think Adobe would become like a beta tester a little bit when they update and roll out the new software. Yeah, you just sort of, yeah, you, you go with it and then you find the new bugs and they fix them. And yeah, yeah it's a little, it can be a little crazy. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, DaVinci definitely, you know, the, the node based color grading mm -hmm. system is something that I've always been really interested in. And, I don't know much about it, to be honest, but it's clearly the most powerful sort of way to go about color grading. Yeah, I, um, so not to get into a tangent, since we were just talking about audio, no, because I, I love color grading. I'll talk yeah. about color grading all day. Um, I just figured out, so DaVinci, in, when they came out with DaVinci Resolve 17, they created their own color space. So you have what's called DaVinci Wide Gamut which is like 200 times larger than like sRGB, you know, like Adobe rec 709, mm -hmm. like, you know, the standard triangle that you see that has the thing. Oh, it's, it's insane yeah. at how much larger wow. that is than, and what it does is when you turn it on, it'll compress your, your nodes into it. And then you just, you export in uh, gamma 2.4. So oh, it's, cool. it's like, it's, it's a different, like it's, it, and, the, the, I hate this word, the granularity is insane because it turns on your HDR color palette. So rather than having, uh, like in final cut, you have your, what is it? Your shadows, your midtones and your highlights in DaVinci, you have your lift gamma gain, which is, it's different the way that those are set up because you also have your shadows, your midtones and your highlights in DaVinci, but lift gamma gain affects it differently. Like you're, it's got like a longer roll off. So instead of just doing highlights when you're doing your gain, like 30% of it is bleeding into your midtones. So it's like this gradual, like it's a cool little tail that it has with it. But very cool. Do you know the um uh the color palette that Ansel Adams created? So like your your blacks, the darks, the shadows, mm -hmm. the light, the highlight, and then like the specular highlights. That is the HDR yeah. color palette in DaVinci now. So oh, you so can, cool. you can fine tune just every little, like today I was doing a quick Instagram thing and I was just working in the specular highlights, which was just affecting this like tiny band across the sky. And I was wow. able to like put, you know, like match that with like the next piece down. And you know what I mean? Because you have, you have all this like flexibility in it. And, um, but if like I work in log footage, so I, uh, uh, you know, we're shooting, we're, we shoot in V log because we have S five. So we're in true V log. We're not in yeah. like, I, yeah. I tried doing V log L with my GH five S and I did not like that at all. Like I was not a fan of that. 
So, yeah, no doubt. Uh, but in vlog, when you go into DaVinci, like, so if you were in C log or S log or any of these different, like RE, like they have, you can literally just select all of your clips, hit input color space, and then tell it which log format it's in. And it will automatically go through and do color space transform on every clip instantaneously wow. and bring it into rec 2.4. Wow. Like it, it happens like, Oh dude, it's nuts. As soon as you click the button, it's done. Like, and there's, there is, yeah, there's no, there's when you're in DaVinci wide gamut, there's no need to convert log footage. The software does all of it for you. And I, um, uh, I I don't know if you heard of this guy named Kazi. Uh, he's on YouTube. He does all color grading in in DaVinci. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. So I took his course, um, on how to color grade. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that he shows is, Like if you take like say a Panasonic, like that, that nice, what they call it? The nicest, nicest LUT or whatever. And you drop that on your log footage to convert it. Like he showed what that looked like. And then he showed the manual way to go in and do what's called color space transform in DaVinci. Then he showed what that looked like. And he was like, DaVinci does a way better job than any of these LUTs. Like it does like a, and I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's even from the manufacturer. It's not like you're, you're getting like Joe Schmuckatelli's LUT for free. Like this is from Panasonic. <laughs> yeah. It should be the one that's the best. <laughs> like, that's, right. Yeah. But, uh, uh, no, like I, I love it, especially now because I don't need to do anything to convert my footage. Like I don't like that step is completely gone. I just select all the clips that I want, right click, go input, you know, color space and then click Panasonic vlog and it's done. That's awesome. That's amazing. So it's going to really, <clears throat> a part of me wants to get the uh, black magic monitor to record in B raw yeah, yeah. through the S fives and then dump that in. Cause you're in 12, 12 bit color at that point. Uh, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, why, why I need that? I don't know, but it just sounds cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training, good specialized training, something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college, I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Walbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below Take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it and it propelled our business. So what, uh, we, we definitely went on a tangent there. I love it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> do you, do you have any tips for cleaning up audio? Um, yeah, I think generally it depends on, you know, if you're cleaning up, clean audio or if you're cleaning up, you know, sort of messy audio where you have wind noise or you have um, 
static or some other issue going on. For me, I think definitely having a good visual EQ um, is something that I find really useful. I think that being able to hone in on certain frequencies that are problematic and remove them um, is necessary. But if you don't have a visual EQ um, in your editing software, it can be really difficult to sort of uh, identify the frequencies and remove them. Um, so that would be my number one tip is to definitely invest in a, a visual EQ plugin or just use it in, um, you know, export your audio out to a DAW. Uh, from there, I think, you know, definitely uh, compressing your audio too can make a really big difference. I compress almost everything we have uh, and that we use. And I think it, it just like sort of levels things out mm -hmm. and makes it like really crisp and clear and punchy. Um, but yeah, when it comes to sort of cleaning up uh, audio that's been disrupted in some sense, I think it's it's definitely situational in what you can do. And it sort of just gets back to having different plugins and different tools to sort of attack different problems. Um, but yeah, I, I get back to just sort of capturing clean audio from the get go is really yeah. the most important thing. Because if your audio, like you said, is destroyed, staticky has, you know, peaking wind noise, you know, there's only so much that you can really do, I find. So yeah, it can be difficult, and there's definitely stuff that we've got that's sort of unsalvageable at the same time. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. That I've been just beat into me that you know recording it the right way is the most important yeah. piece. Like re recording it well is what that's the best way to clean up audio. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. Yeah, just, I was gonna say audio is just one of those things where it's so much better to like just try to get as many sources and as best as you can before going into editing yeah. um, because then it just makes your life so much easier and then you can avoid kind of having to deal with really messy audio which is time consuming and all those things so I feel like as much as you can do before taking it into your editing area you know just trying to like I said like educate the couple and like not moving around having different sources things like that yeah. like anything that you can do before Definitely. you get to the editing is always helpful yeah <laughs> yeah but i do find i think an eq is probably your best friend i think that that's where you'll be able to remove um problem frequencies and try to isolate um you know where someone's voice is actually lying so that's probably going to be your best bet if you're trying to clean something up. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of like, you know, the Nectar, like we were talking about, AI-based type things do a good job of sort of quickly cleaning up good audio. But if your audio is sort of messed up from the beginning, it's not going to help you. It's, if anything, just going to accentuate the problems. Yeah, I mean, that even goes to... Um... Like if there's too much noise in the background when you're when you're running, I know Isotope has uh, like voice denoiser, but it also has spectral denoise, which is a new thing that it does, which yeah. is really cool. But then at the same time, like it makes you sound like a robot in a fishbowl. Like there's right, like exactly. you know you can't apply too much of it because if you go overboard, like while the background noise is completely eliminated, it no longer sounds right. like a human being. It's like yeah. you know how trying to say wedding vows. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, um, 
Yeah, I think when you sort of start to get audio plugins, there's things that sound really great, like denoisers and declicks and um but you start to realize that, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna fix your audio. It's not gonna just, you know, clean it up and remove all this stuff. I think um, you know, there's definitely some good compressors and things that can sort of smash uh background noise in between speaking, but you know, if the noise is is fighting with the actual, you know, dialogue yeah. that you're recording, um, it's it's pretty difficult to to get rid of it. And then even if you have a an EQ, you know, if the frequencies are clashing, um, it can be really difficult. And I think a lot of times you will come out with sort of a, a robot voice type of thing where you're either, you know, you're cutting too much out or you're sort of, you know, have not enough low end or not enough high end and, and things sound really tinny. Um, so yeah, I think the, the best advice possible is to, to record as well as you can in the moment and, and have as many sources as possible so that you can, you know, if one thing goes wrong, hopefully something else will, will be usable. Yeah. And I think with us too, we've started doing, um, a lot of like elopements and things like that, where there's not really like a DJ setup and it's really reliant on our mics. And in those circumstances, when we're like on top of a mountain or something, you know, there tends to be more wind there could be like other outside um audio coming in but at the end of the day i feel like we're hired to capture the day genuinely and what's happening and so i feel like in some circumstances if you can use like maybe a little bit of sound design or something in post to kind of like make it feel like you're there and like maybe there's some wind, but it's like, you can see it in the footage and, you know, there's like crickets and things and kind of make it work with the video. I think that's also kind of another creative way to kind of seamlessly bring in the experience um, yeah. without really making it seem like the audio was a mistake, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I just seen somebody in a Facebook group who had posted, um, we're about to shoot a wedding in front of a waterfall. How do I do it without capturing the waterfall? And I was thinking to myself, like they're getting married in front of a waterfall. Like, I think they might want to hear it. Like that's right. like, that's, yeah. that's their wedding. Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so. yeah, definitely. And I think even if you were to see that footage and not hear the waterfall, it, it would feel unnatural. And I think yeah. to go off what Chloe said, I think, yeah, it's all about setting the, the scene, you know, and I think, you know, sort of having room tones um we you know having like a sound effect base uh too to to go off of and sort of have different sort of winds and trees and birds and things can sort of help to cover up some of those imperfections and lead in between your different audio clips yeah. um and definitely make it feel you know less choppy because i think you're usually cutting your audio up and taking pieces here and there but if you sort of have this ongoing wind and ongoing soundscape um, it can certainly help to just sort of keep that feeling going, even if you're not seeing it um, visually. Yeah. 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 We, uh, do you record your own? Do you do custom audio? Um, a little bit. We've done it here and there. We have um, a subscription to this uh, service called Splice. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but they're just mm -hmm. like a huge um, effect base where we have tons and tons of different, soundscapes and room tones and things like that. And usually we can find something that will, will work. Yeah. I've been, uh, over, it was like Sunday night. 
there was no traffic, no nothing. And it was just crickets, like a light breeze. Like it was just a perfectly clear, like summer night. So I just took the H6 out there with the the left, right stereo input, just set it on a table and let it record for three minutes. And then I wound up, uh, the post that we have coming out on Monday was at dusk and that's the audio in the background. Like that's that's the, that's that's the ambient audio. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. We should get into that more. No, I usually source, um, our stuff because there's so much out there, but I think that adds another level to your creativity too. If you're Mm -hmm. sort of collecting your own sounds, um, yeah, it's like a full circle thing and you probably have more control over what you can capture. It's probably not a bad idea when you're out shooting a wedding to just, you know, if you have time, roll a little bit of room tone or background noise and, and use that in the edit. I'm sure it will help your audio feel cleaner and more natural. Yeah. I, you know, one thing that I forgot to mention, we've been talking about it. We just haven't specifically said anything about it, but it's that scratch audio. Like there's, I don't yeah. think there's one clip in any of my films in the last like year and a half that don't have scratch audio with each clip. Like there is something going, like if you see a fork, you're going to hear like the clanking of silverware in that, you know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to hear yeah. what's going on. Like there's so, same yeah, with like footsteps, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think if you're ever on an ocean too, just sort of waves and seagulls and things of that nature. Even if it's just so faint and in the background, it just subconsciously helps put you in that space. And yeah, it makes everything feel more cinematic, I think. Yeah. What, what do you think is the, uh, the worst mistake you've ever made with audio? Hmm. Yeah, I would say probably having the mentality that one source of audio would be fine um, in any given situation. I think I can think of a a handful of different things, but uh, I would also say not using windscreens when you're outside. Um, I definitely Mm. have become pretty adamant on using windscreens if there's any amount of wind. Um, But yeah, I think just sort of thinking that you'll be okay with one um, source, you'll have the harsh reality very quickly that, you know, you wish that you had more, you wish you put a little bit more time into setting up some different sources. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we've definitely done it a few times of having one source of audio and having it not be clean and realizing that there's, you know, nothing that we could really do to clean it up or to, to end up really using it. So I think that's a, a hard thing to deal with is to, to want to record audio and come back and not have anything usable at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have a horrible habit of not hitting record, obviously. So <laughs> like, that's like the, I need to have like some kind of reminder, like every, like every three minutes I'm before the to, ceremony starts. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a little, like, sometimes I get that like anxiety where I'm like, I don't know if I did. Yeah. I try very hard to actively like, make a mental note of, okay, I'm hitting record. I'm looking yeah. at it. I'm seeing it recording. And yeah, luckily our task cam too has like a pretty bright red light. So sometimes I'll just sort of buzz by the DJ, you know, booth and, and look over for the red light to just know that it's rolling. But with the task cams and the lobs and stuff, um, yeah, you don't know it's in someone's pocket and you're somewhere else. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say just trying to like make a mental note every time, 
you go to hit record so you just you know and if you haven't done it yeah, yeah. remember to to run over yeah and we do definitely it. have like a, a checklist too like we'll go to each other and be like did you hit record did you hit record to kind of like make sure we're like one of us is like on top of it or something yeah. just kind of checking in and if we both say no that we have to go and run and figure out if we hit it but yeah it can be tricky yeah no it's uh the struggle is real uh yeah <laughs> There's so many things to remember and it's moving so fast. It, it yeah. can definitely get away from you pretty quickly. But. Yeah. Well, I think that's why, you know, a lot of, a lot of like wedding event people, vendors, that kind of stuff. Most of them don't make it past like two years because yeah. there's the, you, you just, there's this like breaking point to where either you're doing well and you can like withstand what's going on or, Mm-hmm. you're not like, I don't know how to put yeah. that like you. So, but guys, it has been amazing talking with you today. Uh, we, uh, I'm going to have to break this episode up into two parts. Like this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's <laughs> no, it's good. I, I told you, I love talking about audio. So I, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on. Um, you know, I want to have you guys back on that's for sure. Uh, and you know, we're, I, where are you guys at in Ma- I thought you were in New Hampshire for some reason. Yeah. We're in uh Dover, New Hampshire. Okay. All right. right so that crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, yeah. we'll have to get together cause we're, we're down in Plymouth. So we'll, we'll have to, oh, yeah. we'll have to figure something out. Yeah. We're not too far away. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, this was thanks great. Thanks for reaching out. This was so much fun. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I had a chance. I love your guys' work. Like I said, it's uh it's Oak and Pine media. Uh, oakandpinemedia.com. You guys have got to check out their stuff. You know, make sure you hit them up on Instagram. I think your Instagram's the same too. It's Oak and Pine Media, right? I'm pulling up. Yeah, Oak and Pine uh, Weddings. Weddings. Yeah, it's yeah, Oak and Pine right. Weddings. So make sure you check them out, Oak and Pine Weddings. And you guys surge past 2,000 followers. So we'll, we'll have to talk about that too because your your giveaway I thought was a genius idea. I've talked to some photographers about doing stuff like that. So that's that's a it's also a great it's a great idea. So. No, thank you guys so much for coming on. I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.